0: great to have you here there's so much going on and there's so much going on not only in congress but also at the border and here's a guy who's an expert on both he was a former u.s representative uh, district two republican great state of texas it's ted poe ted how are you good to see you I'm
1: doing well, even though the world's getting crazier and crazier.
0: It really is. I want to get into this stupid deal that McCarthy's making with Biden in a second, but let me go local here. Let me go state first. Um, I'm sure you're watching what's going on in the House of Representatives here in Texas. Uh, We have a guy, I don't know if you know this guy, Dade Phelan, but he's the the Speaker of the House, and he shows up and looks to be completely inebriated to me. He looks like he's drunk, and he's doing his job, and um, the House of Representatives has given chairmanships to Democrats even though people in Texas have voted a Republican majority in both the House and the Senate. Ted, why is it that Republicans always come off so weak and they try to get along and keep along and pat everybody on the back and go have a beer together instead of really digging in and fighting like the voters want them to?
1: That, that's, they have a history of that. I like to uh, say that the, the two parties, uh, the Democrat Party is the evil party. The Republican Party is the stupid party. Yes. And and because of the things that you have just mentioned. Uh, regarding uh, the attorney general of the state of Texas, uh, he's had some uh, legal issues uh, for a long time. Without going into those, uh, the public elected him attorney general of the state of Texas. Yes. In spite of all of that that's going on in his uh, legal issues. And it's, it just seems to me that the the voters have said they want him to be uh, the Attorney General, and now the House of Representatives in Texas wants to come in and try to get rid of him. Uh, I don't think that is really the role of the House of Representatives in the state of Texas. Regarding the video of Phelan in the Speaker's chair um, in the Texas House of Representatives, Uh, I used to be a judge. I think if a jury was impaneled and they wanted to, the issue was in public intoxication, that video was shown to a jury. I can see jurors in Texas saying, yes, the individual is publicly intoxicated. And, you know, in Texas, intoxication, public intoxication, happens to be one of the reasons for removal from public office. And uh, that's kind of unique to the state of Texas, but uh, that is the rule of the law in the state of Texas. So uh, maybe this is something that the public should weigh in on yeah. on the election process rather than the state of Texas spending time doing this.
0: Just to offer up a little bit of context on what you just said, Attorney General Ken Paxton um, is alleged to have committed some crimes or done something wrong before he was the Attorney General. By Texas law, you can't impeach and try to remove somebody uh, for something that, A, he hasn't been convicted of, it hasn't been adjudicated yet and B, happened before he was elected attorney general. So it, it, it seems to me that the Speaker of the House, who, by the way, the AG went after, wrote a letter saying you've got to step down because you look like you're drunk doing your job. The next day, they voted to impeach Paxton. This is clearly what's going on. It's payback, right?
1: It, it, it seems comes across exactly as payback, and you're correct. A person uh, cannot be removed from uh, office in, in Texas for so-called crimes that are committed uh, before the person uh, held that particular office right so and, and that's and, what they're accusing him of
0: and paxton by the way has sued he sued obama 25 times or something he's suing uh, biden 28 or 30 times has been very effective in stopping biden from getting rid of title 42 and stay in mexico before they they wanted to get rid of this months and months ago even a year ago and they couldn't because texas kept suing and kept stopping them and then biden would change a word or two words and then and then reapply to, to get rid of these things he's been very successful i don't understand why the republicans always in fight. Think about it. You've got Adam Schiff who lied for four years about Russia collusion. You've got uh, Swalwell who was dating for five years, a Chinese spy. You've got uh, um, um, Jerry Nadler who can't stop lying to get out of his own way. You've got people on the left who the left keeps circling around. They're still on committees, these people in the U.S. House of Representatives, yet the Republicans seem to always want to fight. I don't get it. And maybe it just goes back to to the simplicity of what you said. Republicans are just stupid.
1: Well, they're it seems to me that that is exactly the way it is. They, uh, Republicans are notorious. All the time I was in Congress, 14 years, and even before that, uh, Republicans, uh, turn on each other. Uh, the enemy is not other members of the uh, Republican Party. The enemy is the left. Yes. And Republicans haven't figured that out yet, whether it's on the state level or whether it's on the national level.
0: Let's talk about the national level with uh, Ted Poe. Judge Ted Poe, great guy, great information, great uh, great insight. As we look at this debt ceiling argument, which is so stupid, it's already $31 trillion. McCarthy, when he got the speakership and it was embattled, it wasn't easy. He gets it. He makes a promise to be conservative, makes a promise to listen to the Freedom Caucus. The first thing they do is they vote to defund the 87,000 IRS agents. Great. The Senate never took it up. They're not going to take it up. It's not going to happen. So um, they have the opportunity now with the debt ceiling argument. We'll give you another trillion and a half. That's what he said. Got to get rid of the, uh, the uh, uh, IRS agents. You've got to make people go to work to get Medicaid or, 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 or free money through SNAP or food stamps. All this stuff is very conservative. They passed a bill in the House that raises the debt ceiling. The United States will now not default on its debt. They send it to the Senate. Biden and Schumer say no. And we get back this piece of garbage that McCarthy's acting like is a good thing we didn't get anything as far as I can tell as conservative American first America first people and
1: the left seems to get everything Hakeem Jeffries loves this deal that's that's a good reason why something's wrong with it if uh, Jeffries likes it yes the house of representatives passed a good bill to raise the debt ceiling in April and sent it over to the senate like you're supposed to do in most legislation and the senate says oh we're not going to take it up well They did their job. I'm talking about the House of Representatives. They did their job. And if the Senate doesn't want to take it up or the Senate won't vote for it or the president is screaming and hollering that he's opposed to it. Well, what is the Republican Party supposed to do? They're supposed to let them take the blame, take the credit, if you will, for not raising the debt ceiling. And instead, the Republicans, oh, well, okay. In other words, Democrats called the Republican bluff. It won. They go back to the drawing board, get the Democrats exactly what they want. And therefore, when the bill comes up for a vote tonight, uh, I suspect it'll pass. It'll pass because you will have a majority of Republicans and a majority of Democrats vote for it. And the Freedom Caucus, the other conservatives in the House, you know, they're not going to be able to stop it because there will be enough Democrats to pass this bill. And the Democrats, of course, will claim victory. And American public, then the people of the country has to pay the bill for this really nonsense and no 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 win so to speak for conservatism in this bill you know 4 trillion dollars yeah. what's that well it's a lot of money and we're raising the debt and getting nothing from it
0: it's at least 4 trillion it could be as high as 6 trillion and what really blows my mind Ted is that this goes until January 5th of 2025 this goes past the election are they on crack what is wrong with that? Look, if you wanted to do a dumb deal, make it sunset in October 24. uh, Why would you ever
1: let it, let it go until after the election? What, what are we doing here? Well, once again, the Democrats, I'll give them this. They, uh, were able to manipulate, get what they wanted in the bill and the Republican leadership, uh, went for it and took it all in hook, line and sinker. And I think it's, it's really bad for the American public. That's, that's really who the loser is yeah. and, and taking it uh, to 2025. There's no reason to do that. Absolutely no reason. They Except give up every, le- every bit of
0: leverage they have, Ted. They give it up every time. That's right. And they did. All right, so let's, let's break down a couple of the idiosyncrasies that, that are in this. The 87,000 aren't defunded. In fact, of the $80 billion that's going to the IRS, they only got rid of like $4 billion or 2 billion, 2.4, something like that. The 87,000 will still go through. Ted, couldn't they have said, couldn't McCarthy have said, listen, I'll raise it to $4 trillion, which I still think is stupid, but you've got to bring that to a vote today. In the senate you've got to vote on what we passed to get rid of the eighty-seven thousand. schumer says no and mccarthy just says listen we passed the bill if we default it's on you doesn't he have that leverage didn't he have that power he has
1: that leverage absolutely has that leverage he has the leverage because the funding bills like the raising the debt ceiling start in the house of representatives and once again they did their job they passed a good bill out of the house in april they should move on down the road to other types of legislation And let the Democrats waller in the wanting to raise it up, uh, raise the the bill or change the bill, uh, and let them try to do something about it. But they didn't. All they said is, we're not accepting this, and it's your fault. It's your fault. We are not accepting this bill. And, of course, the national media says, yeah, it's the Republicans' fault. And it's not the Republicans' fault. Of course not. They didn't do basic elementary civics and taking the bill up and vote it up, vote it down. But they just didn't vote on it, so— Republicans. Okay, we'll crater, we'll change it up a little more so it'll so it'll pass the Senate and of course it it'll pass the Senate because the Democrats are singing and dancing in the streets over this bill.
0: And here's the lie that people in America need to understand, and correct me if I get this wrong, they're keeping spending at COVID levels and claiming that they're reducing spending. They're not reducing it back to pre-COVID, which is what they should have done. They should have taken <laughs> it back to, to 2020. But now they're leaving it at COVID levels and maybe skipping back a little bit, saying, look, we're cutting spending for the first time ever. Ted, there are $29 billion in COVID money that is allocated and earmarked just for COVID. They're, they're getting rid of $4 billion of it, and the rest of it is going to the Commerce Department to do anything it wants. It's literally a slush fund and they're claiming, we got we, we pulled back that COVID money. No, you didn't. You gave it to the Commerce
1: Department that is going to spend it. Do we save any money at all here? No. We don't save any money at all. And it, and you're right, it now goes to the Commerce Department telling how they're going to spend that money with the wokeness going on in the administration. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we have to pay for that. Those of us Out here in the fruited plain, so to speak, normal citizens who work for a living have to pay all of that, and it's it's a a sleight of hand, I think, of the Democrats. But people in the I think American people believe what they are told, and therefore they accept that. That's what I think. Well, this this is
0: why I have you on so often. Uh, First of all, you're a great singer and dancer, but also. But also the fact that you always tell the truth and you always give us the straight skinny. And that's why I appreciate you, Ted. It's exactly right. The American people will believe it unless they hear from you, which they're going to. Or they hear from me or from other names that are out there that thankfully have a big enough audience that people will hear it and at least be skeptical. Don't believe me. Don't believe Poe. Go and check what we're saying. And if what we're saying is right, in fact, go and check Nancy Mace's thread sheet she posted last night that just eviscerates uh, Speaker McCarthy. So, Ted, simple question. When they allowed him to become the speaker, they made it to where one member could bring up a vote to get him out of the chair. Is his job in trouble here? I
1: don't think so. Of course, that, that is a, a vote to have a vote. And they can bring it up for a vote. I don't think it would pass to have a vote on removing him from uh, the chair. That's just my opinion. But uh, uh, you know, they they some members of the Republican caucus think that they can do it. I don't know, because it may turn out once again, you have Democrats voting for the speaker uh, to, so he could keep the chair. Well, why would they want to get rid of him? So, yeah, I, well, I then I asked this of
0: Lauren Boebert yesterday. I said, would Nancy Pelosi have made a different deal? She said no.
1: No, Nancy would have made the, made the deal. And also one thing about Nancy Pelosi, well, she runs a, a tight ship in the sense that the Democrats always vote the way that Nancy Pelosi wants them to vote. They don't have the problem of uh, not uniting behind whatever bill Nancy Pelosi uh, brings, to the, brings to the House floor. They never right. have, no matter what n- their number was. They've always been consistent. And uh, the Republicans, uh, like I said, they uh, eat their own and don't have uh, unity in uh, the Republican caucus at all. And the reason, of course, we can see why they don't have unity is because some of them believe they were told one thing and something else happened yes. in the new bill. I wish that they
0: would unify. I wish they would circle the wagons. And I think McCarthy's got to be more open to understanding what the, what the right wants. Because conservatives in this country are very unhappy by this by this deal. It's uh, Ted Poe. Go follow him at Judge Ted Poe on Twitter. Let me ask you about Mexico. I'm floating around Twitter last night. See a piece of video somebody in Mexico. And the person says, we have to stop allowing the United States to bring all this violence to Mexico. And I'm going, what on earth is he smoking? And then I listened some more. And there seems to be a belief in Mexico that the cartels are our problem. We caused it. We're fighting some war on drugs in their country. And the only reason it's happening is because of our desire to have more drugs in the United States. Ted, that's a perspective I've never seen, but I'm not a Mexican citizen. Does Mexico think that we're causing the problem when the the problem clearly lives on their side of the border?
1: Well, yes, they do think that we're we're causing the problem because that's what they're told by their government. Of course, Mexico, the big secret is Mexico has a drug problem of their own with their um, Mexican nationals with the drug problem. And then you have the drug cartels. It's astonishing to me that the Mexican government has allowed the drug cartels to uh, have operational control of northern Mexico and working with China, bringing in uh, the ingredients to make fentanyl is just one. And then the drug cartels are bringing bringing it into the United States. They have companies working in Mexico. I'm sure the Mexican government doesn't know about that that they have that are making the fentanyl that comes into the United States. That doesn't even include the other drugs whether it's marijuana or whether it's cocaine. And of course, they do have a problem of violence in Mexico. Once again, Mexico doesn't have the second amendment, which probably is another issue. Right. But Mexico has its own problems and really the United States is supporting Mexico's economy because of the remittances that go from United States to Mexico. I'll give you a quick example. There are three types of foreign income into Mexico. It's the sale of oil, tourism, and remittances from the United States. And remittances are number one, and, no, and number two is oil. Number three is tourism. And who are, who are those tourists? They're, Mexi- they're, they're American nationals going down to Mexico. And the remittances going into the to Mexico from the United States is astonishing how much that is. United States supports Mexico, either in the criminal process or direct payments to their their country or through tourism. So, you know, Mexico, um, uh, of course, I would see how Mexico encourages the drug trade because it profits the state or the country of Mexico, just like it profits the uh, the drug cartels. And so. You know, we ought to tax the remittances going to Mexico. I think we, we should always do that. I don't blame the Mexican nationals who do this. Right. I blame their government and our government for allowing this uh, to occur. Well,
0: it behooves Mexico to leave the border wide open. If the sure. borders If the border is wide open. And people don't understand. The number that you're talking about, and by remittances, for those who don't want to look it up, he, he just means those who are coming here, working, doing whatever they're doing, and sending money back to their family in Mexico, Ted, it's in the billions. It's in the tens of billions. It's not yes, a little bit of money. Two. It's a lot of money.
1: It's a lot of money. And like I said, I don't blame Mexican nationals for doing that. You know, they want to send the money back home to support their families. But the United States ought at least maybe charge a fee for each of those remittances going through American banks down to Mexico. Of course, the banking industry, you know, they, they would be jumping up and down to prevent that from happening. But I think we just need to be realistic about how much Mexico is dependent upon the United States, whether it's a drug trade, whether it's remittances. Uh, or whether it's the, even the, the purchase of oil from, that we purchase from oil, uh, Mexico, we we purchase the heavy crude from Mexico, and of course tourism as well. And the idea that drugs are American problem is nonsense. It's American problem. It's a Mexican problem, and it would help if the Mexicans would prevent prevent border crossing of drug cartels. Yeah. Just like we would, it might stop in both countries. It's Ted Poe.
0: Go follow him at Judge Ted Poe on Twitter. Uh, always a great, uh, a great time sitting down with you, Ted. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Come back soon, my friend. Okay, Joe. Thanks. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Love having um, Ted Poe on. Great insight from Miller's Pop culture. So you remember the other day when we were talking about Robert De Niro having a baby? Yes. Well, Al Pacino just went up to him, and 83-year-old Al Pacino just had a baby with his 29-year-old girlfriend. It's probably it's probably true love. She probably loved him. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, there you go. 83-year-old Al Pacino getting done. That's Polo. That is Sam. That is Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great night. Thanks. This is the Joe Peg Show.